Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Poor Paul. Or maybe we shouldn't say poor Paul. Uh, I definitely have this sad feeling about Paul as we're reading through these chapters today. He seems like this underdog story that's going to see some kind of breakthrough. Uh, And it seems like the hole just keeps getting dug further and further for him. So today we are reading out of Acts chapters 24, 25, and 26. And it's a really strange like turn of events where, like I said, it feels like he should really start hitting his stride with going in a positive direction. And it seems that he, I don't know maybe spoke a little too soon. All right, so we're picking up uh, the story of Paul. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the story of the Paul, though, though we are not at the total end. In chapter 24, we're, we're picking up kind of this trial that erupted um, because Paul just tried to go to the temple and people went nuts. These Jews from Asia recognized him. They were like, that's the guy. They arrested him. They beat him. He appeals to Caesar. Uh, what's really interesting is that he is in the custody of Felix. Felix is apparently like somewhat gracious to Paul, um, but Felix keeps Paul like in loose confinement, I guess, like some kind of imprisonment for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like it's not like the story progresses at all. Like it just there's just this little line. It's chapter twenty four, verse twenty seven. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded uh, by Portius Festus. So he's like in house arrest or something for two years. And then Festus comes in and is like, we got to figure out something to do with this guy. Also, I don't like that name. Festus seems really awkward. It's like that guy from the Adams family. So I don't like him automatically. (laughs) Um, But this this guy that kind of like takes over. Um, We've seen this before, even in the Old Testament, as soon as like new leadership comes along, it seems like people kind of forget the significance or maybe like um, don't appreciate the original victim uh, like we saw with Joseph. Uh, Joseph back in the day was well known to the Egyptians as being this awesome, fantastic person. As the years progressed, people kind of forgot his significance and then ended up putting the Israelites into slavery. What's interesting here is that it seems like there might be kind of a chance that with Felix, there might be some like good vibes going on for Paul. And then this like custody switches over. I mean, he's, he's basically under house arrest for two whole years. I feel like that, that means there's no definitive answer that this guy is truly in the wrong, but then we get handed over to uh, Festus and it seems to me that he's not feeling Paul's vibe like he's not into it he's like you know what like this guy I'm not sure of him we need to really talk to him further because I think he's crazy we also noticed that the hatred for Paul continued throughout those years like it did not subside if you look at chapter 25 uh, it's verse 3 they were planning an ambush to kill him along the way so Fe- uh, Festus decides to like okay we need to take this seriously we got to figure out what to do with this guy uh, they start to move him around in custody, and the the Jewish leaders, I guess, are still under that oath that they got to kill Paul. It also says in verse nine too. Festus says, or well, it says about Festus wishing to do the Jews a favor. So he already is not in Paul's corner at all whatsoever. He knows the Jews' frustration, um, and he kind of gives him like a little bit of attitude. And he's like, "Do you wish to go to Jerusalem and be tried there for these charges before me? Like, do you want me to take you there where they hate you even more? Like, kind of like showing his authority." Um, and not 
not showing his support of Paul in any way. It's worth noting like the delicate dance. This is maybe history nerd kind of stuff, but the delicate dance that's happening in politics Mm -hmm. um, in the first century, like in Judea around Jerusalem, Uh, the Jews were known to be kind of violent at times. Kind of. And the Romans were just trying to build their empire and promote peace. So there's this delicate dance of Jewish leadership and Roman leadership. That's why you'll see that a lot of these Roman leaders are trying to appease the Jewish people because they want to keep peace in the region. Mm -hmm. And when there's not peace in the region, usually the person who is the governor or the leader, the Roman leader, they usually pay for it. And so you'll like, you'll even notice like with Pontius Pilate and Jesus, like Pontius Pilate is very aware of what the Jews are doing, how he should handle them. He does not want riots in the streets. He wants to bring peace in the area. Um, Apparently Felix was also doing that. And now Festus is also doing that. That's why Festus brings in Agrippa. Agrippa is one of the Herods and he's one of the Jewish leaders that reports to the Roman leaders to try to keep peace in the region. So I think what's interesting about this, and we've seen this pattern repeated, the Jews are very aware of this delicate kind of dance that you're talking about. And because of that, if somebody is ever out of line with what they're saying, there's always this idea of, well, let's just riot and get this going crazy and be like, that's the guy that's causing all of this. Um, And so Paul is in this really awkward situation where – um, he, he kind of, like we were talking about the other day, he kind of knows the ins and outs of this as well. So in chapter 25, he, I think in my opinion, this is like a little bit of his humanity showing, or maybe God's sovereignty, who knows, depends on how you want to look at it. But I think he is a little hasty and says, well, I'm going to appeal to Caesar. And it's like, oh man, because once we get to the end of chapter 26, it's very clear that whoever was in charge of him next, um, Agrippa is like. Well, shoot. This guy didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong, and we would have just let him go. Now he has to go against Caesar, uh, or goes go to Caesar, which is so frustrating. It's like, oh, man, Paul, why didn't you just shut up? And just like... <laughs> well, I mean, we can all be very thankful that Paul did not just shut up. Uh, we have many... I just feel bad for him the whole time. I'm like, yes, he's going to get out. No, he's not going to get out. And we already know the end of the story, but it's just like, oh, wait, what? So Paul has not yet written Colossians. He has not yet written Ephesians. He has not yet written Philippians. He has not yet written Timothy. He has not yet written Titus. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's some debate over uh, if you wrote Hebrews or not. But like basically there's like a, there's there's yeah, we can get into that I guess when we get to <laughs> Hebrews. But uh, <laughs> there's this a like rocket my world over here. There's a full library of things that Paul has not yet done and hmm. he does those things while imprisoned um, while reaching out to the Gentiles on his way to Rome. So there's a lot of Paul's life left. Uh, what Paul does though, man, it's probably the thing that sticks out to me from the reading. Paul is like, this is a legal proceeding. Don't forget Mm -hmm, that. So like mm -hmm. it it wouldn't have looked like this, but have in your mind, like modern day, like this is a trial in a courtroom. Like obviously first century, that looks slightly different, but Paul uses this opportunity to witness to the judge. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And the whole, the, all the people that are hearing him too. So like his life is at stake. Okay. Like imprisonment is on the table. He's already been like whatever, lightly imprisoned for two years (laughs) And he's given like like everything has been leading up to this speech where he can make his defense, where he could be freed, and he chooses not to make a defense and instead to preach the gospel. And Agrippa catches on and is like, do you think you'll persuade me to be like, are you serious right now? You're trying to make me a Christian? Mm-hmm. Um, now, at the same time, Paul's like, I haven't done anything wrong. Like, I've followed your laws. I was doing what I was supposed to do. 
uh, but he testifies to the power of Christ in his life. This is like probably the third time we've seen this written down where Paul is just recounting the fact that Jesus appeared to him. Now, if Paul made this up, why would he, every time he Mm -hmm. comes under uh, scrutiny, why would he talk about Jesus changing his life? So how bold of Paul to preach the gospel. I mean, to me, there's no question that this dude is so passionate about serving Jesus. He does not care Mm -hmm. about anything but Christ. And so (laughs) Agrippa and um, I guess like also uh, Festus, or preach the gospel to. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's interesting, too, in uh, verse 29, kind of going back to what you were saying, it says, and Paul said, whether short or long, okay, basically saying, would you try to persuade me to be a Christian in this, like, small amount of time? He says, well, whether short or long, I would, or, sorry, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I, except for these chains. I think that's hilarious because yeah. it has, like, physical implications, but it's also, like... <laughs> like read between the lines too like your chains of sin are no longer yeah it's so interesting um so he is just like i don't know soaking up every moment that he has so what i think we can really pull from this today is um a pretty cool year part that regardless of circumstances regardless of how you feel or the the tribulation that is within your life there is no situation where we cannot um, reflect God and like preach his gospel to those around us. Uh, Paul was literally being accused in front of a court that was ready to kill him by people who were ready to just like put him to death on the spot. And he still put those things aside and um, like spoke the gospel to these people who so clearly needed it. So there is no situation outside of God's sovereignty and God's power to be able to speak into the lives of other people around you. So Take that as like a little nudge of encouragement today, um, whatever situation you find yourself in, to share God's word with the people around you. So thanks for joining us today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day. Uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Acts chapter 24. And after five days, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and a spokesman, one Tertullus. They laid before the governor their case against Paul. And when he had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Since through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation. In every way, and in everywhere, we accept this with all gratitude. But to detain you no further, I beg you in your kindness to hear us briefly. For we have found this man a plague, one who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world, and he is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, but we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to find out from him about everything of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the charge, affirming that all these things were so. And when the governor had nodded to him to speak, Paul replied, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. You can verify that it is not more than twelve days since I went up to worship in Jerusalem, and they did not find me disrupting with anyone or stirring up a crowd, 
either in the temple or in the synagogues or in the city. Neither can they prove to you what they now bring up against me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way, which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. Now after several years I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings. While I was doing this, they found me, purified in the temple, without any crowd or tumult. But some Jews from Asia, they ought to be here before you to make an accusation, should they have anything against me, or else let these men themselves say what wrongdoing they found when I stood before the council. Other than this one thing, that I cried out while standing among them, it is with respect to the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you this day. But Felix, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way, put them off, saying, When Lysias the tribune comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody but have some liberty, and that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs. After some days Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. And as he reasoned about their righteousness and self-control in the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. At the same time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus. And desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. Chapter 25 Now three days after Festus had arrived in the province, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews laid out their case against Paul, and they urged him, asking as a favor against Paul, that he summon him to Jerusalem, because they were planning an ambush to kill him on the way. Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea, and that he himself intended to go there shortly. So, he said, let the men of authority among you go down with me, and if there is anything wrong about the man, let them bring charges against him. After he stayed among them, not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. When he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. Paul argued in his defense, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I committed any offense. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. If then I am a wrongdoer, and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing to their charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, To Caesar you have appealed. To Caesar you shall go. Now when some days had passed, Agrippa, the king, and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and greeted Festus. And as they stayed there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a man left prisoner by Felix, and when I was in Jerusalem, 
the chief priests, and the elders of the Jews laid out their case against him, asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. I answered them that it is not the custom of the Romans to give up anyone before the accused met the accusers face to face and had opportunity to make his defense concerning the charge laid against him. So when they came together here, I made no delay, but on the next day took my seat on the tribunal and ordered the man to be brought. When the accusers stood up, they brought no charge in case of such evils as I supposed. Rather, they had certain points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who was dead, but to whom Paul asserted to be alive. Being at a loss of how to investigate these questions, I asked whether he wanted to go to Jerusalem and be tried there regarding them. But when Paul had appealed to be kept in custody for the decision of the emperor, I ordered him to be held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, said he, you will hear him. So on the next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp, and they entered the audience hall with the military tribunes and the prominent men of the city. Then, at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man about whom the whole Jewish people petitioned me, both in Jerusalem and here, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. But I found that he had done nothing deserving death, and as he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to go ahead and send him. But I have nothing definite to write to my lord about him. Therefore I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that, after we have examined him, I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable, in sending a prisoner, not to indicate the charges against him. Chapter 26 So Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I am going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My manner of life from youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers, to which our twelve tribes hope to attain, as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accursed by Jews, O King. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme, and in raging fury against them I persecuted them even in foreign cities. In this connection I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, 
to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and those in which I appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes, that they may turn from darkness to light, and the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day I have had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice. For this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, In a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me to this day, might become such as I am except for these chains. Then the king rose, and the governor and Bernice, and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, This man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us. We hope you have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.